Friend, I want to tell you right now that if today's episode resonates with you, my brand new course, Healing Burnout, and our brand new Elegant Excellence community are for you, my dear. Visit hillaryrushford.com slash burnout to see if enrollment is open right now or get on the wait list for the next time we welcome new members. I will put that link in the description of this episode. This teaching has been nearly a decade-long journey of me trying to heal my own burnout and make my life feel less exhausting, if you can relate, less constantly saying, this is just a busy week or a busy season on repeat and never really getting out of it. Wanting to enjoy my life, to have time for my friends and family, to do work I'm really proud of because my brain and body aren't so exhausted that I'm constantly disappointing myself. I know I'm not living up to my full potential. To have a life that is about more than just being super productive, scheduled within an inch of my life, chasing the end of a to-do list that never ends, being grateful that it's Friday, but then working through the weekend, that just cannot be the meaning of life. There's got to be something better than this. Of course, a musical theater song would have some timeless words on this that come to me. So after so much study, research, trial and error, self-coaching, coaching my friends and students and family along the way, I found a three-layer method that wildly changed my life for the better. And I want to shout from the rooftops that you do not have to keep living like this, exhausted, overwhelmed, always behind, spread too thin. It is not some easy button or overnight success plan. It's a lifestyle. It's a journey. But oh my goodness, I like my life and most importantly, myself so much better. So join me today inside this six-week course, really spaciously and gently paced explicitly for people who are struggling with burnout, who are short on time, and a equally spacious six-month membership to soak in our community at hillaryrushford.com slash burnout or the link below. I cannot wait to help you start feeling better. And we'll talk about how in today's episode. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. So my dear, today I want to share something that I've been thinking about a lot in my own life, which is disappointing in three forms. How, when, and why we disappoint ourselves. We feel disappointed in ourselves. We disappoint others. They are disappointed in us, and we are disappointed in others. All of these, truly, when you think about it, are absolutely awful when they happen. When you disappoint yourself, there is so much self-shame, self-blame, self-loathing talk that we get into that is pretty disgusting and heavy and horrible, often all throughout our day. When you disappoint others... I mean, first off, we know it's the worst because we all know the worst thing a parent can say is, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. (laughs) But it's also when you forgot something, you dropped a ball that impacted someone else, you're late, you feel like you're being rude, you had to cancel, you could tell from the tone of their voice or their reply that they were really frustrated in you. You had to say no. For some of us, especially if you're more of a people pleaser, this can be devastating. 
I am not a people pleaser. And yet, when I still know that I have disappointed others, even in my reaction, even because I was short-tempered or easily frustrated, it weighs on me so heavily. And then when others disappoint us. And this is the first one that inspired me to start thinking about this topic, that when others disappoint us, it creates disconnection because now you distrust them more or you dislike them more or you find you're judging them more, aka you feel like you would have done better. You are the better person. And actually, it feels really crappy to think that, to feel like someone is below us or beneath us as much as we get weird cultural wiring that we want to be above and better than anyone, it's actually a gross feeling to feel that sense of disappointment, especially in someone that you cared about and you want to be in good relationship with. You want to feel positive about them. And I realized that all three of these are primarily caused by burnout. I think it may be the number one cause of all three of these awful elements that arise often multiple times all throughout our day, and sometimes in scenarios that carry on all week or four weeks. So I shared in last week's episode that I am burned out right now for the first time in quite a while. Now, I used to be heavily burned out. Now I will never let myself get back to that place. But I really had a breakthrough in healing my burnout 18 months ago, early 2021. But then when grief hits, as it did for me this summer, it's going to rock your world. So it's not that I'm now immune to burnout. It's that I have a healthier baseline. So even when those situations come, I arrive to them less depleted and I have better tools to navigate them so they aren't so painful. But anyone who's gone through grief knows it takes a ton of time and energy. You already had planned and allocated and expected for other things. So it can absolutely leave you feeling behind, which is where I am right now. So what I'm observing in myself are the areas that I'm more sensitive because I now know what it feels like to have been able to release, shake off more easily, have more grace, have more generous perspective to myself and others when I was healthier. And now I can more notice, I have that higher sensitivity to saying, oh, yeah, this isn't as good as it used to be. This is worse. All right. That's because the burnout is worse. So I've had multiple instances over the past few months after when this grief incident first happened. I've had multiple instances where someone close to me has really disappointed me. And we all have these. This is not me spilling tea, by the way. I'm not like passive aggressively thinking these people will listen to this episode. I'm not going to mention any of the details. Those people wouldn't listen anyways. But even if they did, the thing about people disappointing you is they may not have done anything wrong. What they definitely did was either A, had a different priority than you, B, a different communication style than you, or C, a different thought process. That's usually it. It's priorities, communication, and thought processes. And it does not necessarily mean it's wrong. It can simply be different. So if your friend cancels coming to an important event, like it's your birthday dinner, it's just a reservation for five people, somebody not showing feels like a big deal, your response, whether you are just disappointed in the circumstance versus disappointed in the person's behavior, which feels so different, right? You're like, ah, oh, I'm bummed by the circumstance, but 
Ah, life is life. What are you going to do? But when we're disappointed in someone, that feels so much heavier. And our response is based on whether you agree with the reason why they canceled, what the other thing that they said was more of a priority. So if they say, I'm sorry, I can't come. I'm just so tired. We can feel like, all right, so what you're actually saying is you didn't prioritize this enough that you didn't prioritize earlier to make sure you saved space for it. You said yes to too many other things, so now you're having to say no to me because I fell at the end of the day, the end of your week, whatever. Whereas if they say, I am so sorry, my dad just texted, they're running my mom to the hospital and like I'm going to go meet them there. You go, oh my gosh, go, go, of course, no need to apologize. That's the place you need to be. Like you agree that is the top priority is going to meet your mom at the hospital over a celebratory dinner. If you are trying to make plans with a friend and, you know, in your mind when you're making these plans, you're thinking, am I going to carve out this space? Am I going to prioritize this? Am I going to schedule my day around this? My time and energy are based off of this. So you've kind of got a lot riding on it. They could say, I would so love to. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get out of work in time. I could text you at 4 p.m. to let you know either way. That's communication. It's reasonable. The best you could ask. You now might be disappointed that you can't know for sure, but you understand they're doing the best they can. You're not disappointed in them. They've set the expectation. Now it's empowered you to say, am I okay waiting till 4? Or would I rather just say, you know what, I'm going to make other plans with my night. Let's try it another time. But if you just don't hear from them all day, You're texting them, they're not texting back, what they're saying isn't clear, then you go for hours, or they say they'll be there and then they canceled last minute. They weren't communicating and that is where the frustration comes from. That's where it feels like they were wasting your time or overcomplicating your day, leaking your energy as you keep trying to like write them, you keep checking your phone to see if they've written back. Again, circumstantially, you might be bummed if you can't see them, but when they don't communicate, you're disappointed in them, in their behavior, not just the circumstance. And if you're struggling, let's say with a coworker, and you might think like, oh, why on earth did they not just show me the rough draft before they did the whole freaking thing? And now it's wrong and they didn't give me time to give notes and now we're out of time and we got to go make this presentation to the client or whatever. Their thought process could have been non-existent. They didn't even think through the options. Maybe they're lazy. Maybe they're selfish. Maybe they're dumb. Or maybe if you had a conversation with them, you might go, oh, okay, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Like I would have made a different call, but yeah, I see I see where you got that. I'm now able to respect your thinking, your wisdom, you were trying to do the right thing, you know, it was just a judgment call. So whether their thought process makes sense to you is whether you feel disappointed in them or not. And I have come to realize that when I am burned out, I am more likely to leap to the negative option, to assuming the worst, or to take it more personally, even when the answer is reasonable, because I still have that inclination. You are probably doing something against my precious time and energy that I am so short on. That's because when we're burned out, we're in so much pain. We are suffering. We need help. We need someone to throw us a bone. We need somebody to go the extra mile, right? Because we're so tight. We're like, if anybody could just help me out a little bit. And so anytime someone cancels on us, drops the ball, overcomplicates, makes it harder than it needs to be, they are taking more of that time and energy that we are so 
incredibly painfully short on that it feels so rude. It feels deeply personal. It feels wildly selfish. It feels aggressive almost, like an attack, like how dare you? Because for us, that resource is so incredibly precious and they've squandered it. If you gave someone a $10,000 ring and they just like, eh, tossed it into the river, you'd be like, what are you doing? That was precious. How could you be so careless with it? And when we are so tight on our time and energy, we are scheduled within an inch of our lives. We are five minutes late for everything. We don't have five minutes for anything to go wrong. It means there is such a heightened association, a heightened value on our time and energy that the 10, 15 minutes you've leaked all day flipping trying to get them to text you back feels like the equivalent of them tossing out a diamond ring. You're like, how could you? And it brings up these feelings for us, right? Like imagine a day where, let's say whoever you trade off school pickup with, maybe that's your ex-husband, maybe that's your sister, maybe that's a friend. You trade off doing who does school pickup for the kids and they cancel on you. If you are having an insane, crazy day, that is just maddening. It is so frustrating. You may be like complaining about them to yourself in the car ride or to a friend later on. Like you're just so frustrated. But if you were having a super spacious day, you had lots of buffer, lots of room, you'd allocated for like, hey, every day things are going to go wrong. And I've always got a little wiggle room. Now, it might be like an eye roll of like, okay, or a sigh of like, all right, Thought they were going to do it, but okay. But it doesn't cause that same heightened emotional reaction. Like in your body, it doesn't feel so extreme. And it doesn't feel like the whole day is derailed because you weren't so slammed. There was no margin or buffer for anything to go wrong. So in both cases, let's even say the person was, quote, wrong. You know, they didn't prioritize well. The person who canceled on school pickup, that was on them. They weren't like, oh my gosh, I'm projectile vomiting, I can't. And again, we have a different reaction there. But it's like, hey, I I got caught up at work or something. And And we in our heads are like, yeah, this happens to this person a lot. And I actually know it's because like, They over-volunteer for everything because it's covering for their insecurity because blah, 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 blah. You know, these are people that are close to us. We have our stories about them and we know what their weak areas are. So let's say this person, you know they didn't prioritize well. So now their chaos becomes your chaos. This is how we impact others. Their chaos becomes your chaos. But you are also in chaos yourself. So the impact on you is much higher. So now you're feeling the adrenaline, the cortisol, the fight or flight, the anxiety, the anger, the the being pissed off because they did the same thing, by the way. You guys both overcommitted yourself. You're both burned out. But we can't control them. And yet when we are burned out, their burnout affects us more. We, again, can't control them. We know that people will always disappoint us because no one else shares our exact priorities or can read our mind to communicate in the perfect way for us at all times or can read our mind to have the exact same thoughts, make the exact same judgment calls in the same order. So we know that's unrealistic, but that's and that's always going to happen. But then there is more drama and impact on our lives when we're burned out. And that like, eh, okay, 
part of being human, part of uncomfortable, becomes, oh my gosh, there is so much chaos and stress and drama in my life that is further leaking my time and energy. So how can you be less impacted by those around you, feel less angry, less triggered? You heal your burnout. We can't control them. We can set boundaries. We can remove people from our lives who consistently disappoint us. But even the people we adore the most will still disappoint us. You can have been in a marriage for 25 years and you still are not going to be able to read each other's minds and you're not always going to have the same priorities in your day. So how can we have the best relationships, the most calm and the least drama in our marriages, our siblings, our parents, our friends, our churches, our coworkers, all of our relationships, anyone we're interacting with, is to heal our burnout. To heal our burnout means that we experience less chaos, anger, judgment, triggering. We have better relationships. Everybody else benefits from us from it too, but we also benefit from having the better relationships. It wreaks less havoc on our nervous system and genuinely saves us time and energy that we're leaking when we have all of these negative emotions around everything. And this also goes the other way because every example I gave, you've been on the other side too. You've had completely different priorities that someone else wished were in line with yours and they were peeved at you. You've not clearly communicated the way someone else would have preferred and they've complained about you. Your mind doesn't work the exact same way. So you've had a different plan or a different thought than them and they've gone to somebody else and been like, oh, so-and-so. And just like them, you may not have done anything wrong. It was just different. Like, if you like chocolate and they like vanilla, they're annoyed that you don't want to share the vanilla dessert with them. Like, you didn't do anything wrong. It's just a preference. We are different. Disappointing one another in those ways is natural. But when we are burned out, we also do all of these things more. We, on our priorities, we say yes to too many things, which means we either cancel or we drop the ball more often, we don't do them well, or we show up exhausted. We disappoint other people more when we've said yes to too many priorities because we can't do them well. On communication, when we're burnt out, we're juggling too many balls. We get swept up in the day and we forget to text back. We were rushing around and we weren't as clear. We said yes without thinking through it and then we canceled later. We communicate more poorly when we're burned out. On our thought process, our brains are exhausted. We have too many tabs open. We're running too fast. We didn't really think through all the options. We didn't see the issue tomorrow if we didn't get that thing done today. We didn't realize someone else was waiting for us and that we were causing chaos. When we're burned out, we do not think as clearly. The, the research and the studies show our brains do not function at their best ability. So we end up saying things like, I'm sorry, things are just crazy at work. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just so exhausted. I'm sorry, I'm just doing too much. Uh, I'm sorry, it's just been a crazy week. And these seem like really normal things to say to one another because we live in a society that glorifies hustle and busyness and grind. Everyone is too busy. I shouldn't say everyone. There are a couple people in my life that are not too busy. Um, my mom is retired. I don't feel she suffers from burnout. My sister is a stay-at-home mom. Her husband has a really great job. She thrives being a stay-at-home mom. Um, 
lots of good setup around her, so I don't feel that she is burned out. So there are people in my life that aren't. But the majority of people in my life, and certainly the majority of us here, because I did a deep dive survey this summer into our community, and I asked you what the number one thing is you are struggling with, and like 97% of the responses had something to do with burnout. So everyone here is struggling with burnout overwhelm, being spread too thin. So we use the excuse of, quote, too busy on one another all the time instead of saying what we really mean, which is, I've chosen too many things, and that means I'm going to disappoint myself and others a lot. Or I am wisely choosing less things, so that means I will disappoint others a little when I upfront say no. But in the long run, I'm going to disappoint them less because I'm not going to cancel on them, create chaos, do the work poorly, etc. And when we say we're too busy, we make it sound like it's an outside thing that's happening to us. Instead of taking any ownership that we are complicit in and creating it. Please hear me when I say this. That is not to say that burnout is totally our fault. There is a lot more that we can unpack here, but there are very real cultural reasons why we struggle under this that we can talk about more. So we don't want to deny that. We don't want to act like this is purely we're crazy and insane and we've caused all of this ourselves. But there is also a huge, huge part of it that is our choice. And I give us so much grace here because just no one has really given us this skill. We do not get this message in culture because it doesn't, doesn't help with marketing. It doesn't help with capitalism. It doesn't help with profitability. It doesn't help with any of those society structures. So it's very not profitable to be peaceful, to be calm, to have less, to be satisfied. So everything against in culture is agitating against that. And there really isn't teaching on it. I didn't see people teaching it a decade ago, nor literally anywhere along the way. Every once in a while, I would find a book here and a a book here and a podcast episode, and I would would piece them together because I kept looking. But that's why I felt I had to figure it out for myself. And ultimately, I was able to look back and realize there was a three-layer method. There was really three parts to this that when brought together were the answer for me, which became my new healing burnout course and community. So for me, when I am burned out, I, even now, when I'm not level 10 burned out like I used to be, but let's say right now I'm at a five, which for me feels real extreme because I've been at a one or a three for the last 18, you know, 18 months or so. When I am burned out like I am right now, I disappoint my husband more because I'm short-tempered. I disappoint my team more because I'm more easily frustrated. I disappoint my team more because I was short on time to strategize and communicate, so we have more issues arising more last minute. But because of how much I've healed, even while being a bit burnt out right now, I'm not disappointing my friends canceling plans because I have enough spaciousness to think through before I say yes. I'm not disappointing my parents because I've still said no to enough other things so I can prioritize time to call them. So I'm in an in-between place. 
I can see I'm impacting others because I'm a bit burned out and yet also celebrate that I see it was way less than I used to when I was highly burned out. And then we get to the third one, which is disappointing ourselves. And this is probably the main one, the most common one throughout our day for all of us. And I bet you are not even conscious of a fraction of how often you have thoughts that you were disappointed in yourself. You overslept, disappointed. You scrolled your phone first thing in the morning and now you're rushing to get to work, disappointed in my choices. You can't find your keys, so now you're late, disappointed in my disorganization. You regret your outfit when you look in the mirror, oh, I'm so disappointed in myself, why oh, Why am I like this? You're behind on your tasks all day, oh, I'm so disappointed, I just, I'm working so hard and I'm not getting there, I just, I must might be, you know, doing it well enough. You snapped at your coworker, oh, I'm just disappointed, why can't I keep my cool in those situations? You were rude to the customer service person who was slow, oh, I'm just disappointed, like, why do I treat people like that? I know that wasn't really her fault. You made a mistake and your boss called you out on it, oh, I'm so disappointed, I just know I'm not doing my best, this is so embarrassing. You worked late, so you grabbed unhealthy fast food on the way home. Ugh, I'm just so disappointed. Like, why can't I get my life together? You stayed up too late scrolling, so you're getting to bed late. Ugh, I'm so disappointed. Why can't I just like do what I say what I'm do what I say I want to do? Right? Like when you were burned out, you are basically disappointed all day in what you aren't getting done, the quality of your work, what you're forgetting, that you're late. You're not managing your emotions. You're getting frustrated or upset at your kids or your partner or your coworker or your friends or strangers or yourself. And from that place where you are so frequently disappointing yourself, you are now more stressed, exhausted, anxious, discouraged, angry at yourself, right? You're churning up all those negative emotions each time you go, oh, how stupid. Oh, so frustrating. Oh, what's wrong with you? Oh my gosh. Oh, the shame, whatever. All of those negative emotions add up. So now you're going to do worse work. You're going to make more mistakes and more bad calls. There's going to be more chaos or drama in your life because think of all of the time and the energy you're leaking there. Think of that impact on your body and your brain. You now have more brain fog. Your body is triggered into fight or flight. You aren't as confident in your decisions. It snowballs, which means you will disappoint more people or you will disappoint people even more, which means you are now even more stressed, exhausted, anxious, discouraged, angry at yourself or at them. Like, can't you see that I'm trying hard? How dare you make me feel badly about myself? So now you're going to do worse work. You're going to make more mistakes and bad calls. There's going to be more chaos or drama in your life, which means you will be even more disappointed in other people, in anyone who wastes a moment of the time and energy you are so very short on, which means You are now even more stressed, exhausted, anxious, discouraged, angry at yourself or at them. So you are going to, you guessed it, do worse work, make more mistakes and bad calls. There's going to be more chaos and drama in your life. All of this is because you are burned out. I have seen and felt this so acutely. All of this is worse or better in my life when I have been more or less burned out. And I want to repeat again, it doesn't mean you are responsible for all of the chaos or stress in your life. 
You know, we're so black and white in our thinking sometimes. It either has to be all my fault or not at all my fault. I have to be able to entirely fix it or somebody else is entirely to blame. But the reality is there are so many shades of gray because there are cultural pressures and stories and realities. Other people will absolutely impact us and we're not ever gonna be at such a place where we're like, I'm so calm and zen. I'll just shrug and it's no big deal. I'm just, everything's water off my back. No, that's not a realistic way to live life. But a big part of our chaos and stress, we can lower. Not doing what we're trying to do right now, which is doing more, being more productive, working harder, sleeping less, pushing ourselves more, but rather by healing our burnout, by feeling better being kinder to our body and our brain, having a body and brain that functions better so that we are proud of ourselves and others see benefit from that because they are less disappointed in us. Really being curious to explore how did we get here and how do we get through? How did we get so burned out and how do we get through to a better feeling place, a life that we are happier in and as we saw today that blesses everyone around us, from the like customer service person at at and that is driving you crazy to your kid that you are just going to bed at night in tears because you are cannot believe that you, you know, yelled at them before to the friend or the coworker that you have are carrying around such anxiety because you, you're afraid that you burnt that bridge because you really snapped at them. You said things that you can't take back. All of that eases because now We are more pleasant to be around because we are less self-loathing. We are kinder to ourselves. And it is lovely to be around to someone that is kind to themselves. We disappoint others less. And when we do, because of course we still will, because again, we just have differences. We don't feel self-loathing around it because we genuinely have that calm, non-defensive, clear anchored piece of, I didn't do something wrong here. It was just a different preference and we're never going to please everyone. So I can acknowledge that person's disappointed without making it mean that I have all of this shame and I was so wrong, nor do I have to get defensive. I can just much more calmly be like, oh yeah, we, yeah, we miscommunicate. Yeah, we had different, different ideas on that. Like I see where you're coming from and it's just whoosh. Oh my gosh, can you feel that in your body? How much difference, how much different that feels when you think about a tough interaction you've had that felt you felt so defensive or you felt so much shame in how you handled it versus, oh, that was just a difference. No worries. And we give others more grace when they disappoint us, which means that our relationships feel more safe and supportive. Because again, it feels so crappy to judge people, to dislike people, to distrust people. So does it bless them that we're giving them more grace? For sure. But even first and foremost, it blesses us. I think we've all felt that, right? In the news with how much polarization there is in in the country over the last few years. Like It just feels gross to be feeling judgment and disappointment and disconnect in other people. It feels so much more safe and supportive when you're like, I believe the best in you. I understand we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Drop balls can happen. It doesn't cause conflict. Like, oh my gosh, that just changes everything. So I would love to hear your thoughts, examples, ahas, 
follow-up questions to this conversation. And that's why I am so thrilled that we just announced last week our brand new Elegant Excellence community. You can check in the link in the description right now to see if membership is open when you are listening to this. But my DMs are always so rich with dialogue after these episodes. And since I can't get back to everyone myself without burning out and with retaining my work-life balance, and also all of those conversations are just a volley between two people. And I only have my own life experience and I, I, I can't share all of yours with one another. There could be a whole orchestration if we could move these to a group forum with names and faces that you start to recognize because it's not just a huge social media account that you're following. You leave the occasional comment. You never go back to follow up. You don't know who these hundreds of thousands of people are. So this is what I feel like everyone wants today which is a place to make the kind of real friendships that I have from so many women online. Most of my close friendships in life, uh, over 50%, are strangers that I met on the internet. And they have either come from private groups like this, or because I'm in the privileged position of being a quote public figure, so I'm connecting with other people who are too, and I realize not everyone has that opportunity online. I think we all want a place to connect that isn't social media. So if you're working on your addiction there, you're taking social media breaks, you don't like the FOMO of things that are expiring in 24 hours, you feel like it heightens your burnout to be on there often. Um, Also a place where the ethos is, we believe the best of everyone here. We believe everyone here is kind and smart and wants to love their neighbor, and we all want to do that too, which means that more than defending our thoughts because we want to be right right now with exactly what we think today, we actually want to be right in the big picture. We want to be open to finding out what we believe is the most right and helpful for all people, considers all the different angles, which might mean we have new thoughts and beliefs as we learn more. So we're only stretched, though, when we hear from a variety of ideas and opinions. So there is no animosity or aggression allowed because we all want to be less disappointed in others. So therefore, we're creating a community where we're saying we want to listen and understand instead of judge. Because if I'm disappointed in you, I think you did something wrong and you could do better. But if I'm just like, huh, that's not my thinking. That's not the way I would have prioritized it. We can be curious and say, tell me more because I don't want to feel disappointed that you have that thought. I don't want to judge you for it. I want to better understand. And we all want to be less disappointed in ourselves. So we are creating a community where we want to be slow and thoughtful in our replies. We weren't like a keyboard warrior. We didn't, you know, type something out in aggression and anger that we knew was mean. And we wanted that person to feel badly. We wanted that person to want to leave or know that we unfollowed or, you know, whatever it is that normally we do that. Like, we don't feel good about ourselves afterwards. We might for the moment. But later, if we actually, like, could sit in that person's living room and know them and see their response, we'd be like, yeah, I wasn't really being kind in the world. I wasn't really treating other people the way that I would want my children to treat other people, et cetera. And we want to be more proud of and hopeful in and encouraged by ourselves and others rather than disappointed 
in ourselves and others. So that is the community culture that we are modeling inside the Elegant Excellence community and we are vision casting for. And it really does make a difference because it is miserable to judge people, to be angry at people, to beat yourself up. Everything we talked about today is exhausting. All of it drains the energy we are so incredibly tight on and it genuinely takes so much more time than when things are peaceful and calm and spacious and logical. And you are already exhausted and feeling crappy because you're burned out. So it's just a vicious cycle that from that place, you maybe unknowingly until today, but as of today, now knowingly create and perpetuate that vicious cycle, making yourself more exhausted, leaking more of your time and energy, feeling even worse. To truly like yourself more, to like people more even, just because you believe the best in people, you really believe everybody is trying to have less conflict and more calm in your days is what happens when we heal our burnout. And the amazing news is that is possible. It's not overnight. It's not easy. Again, if there was some simple like three-step thing, you would have already learned it. You would have already done it. The fact that you haven't been able to solve this honors that it's complex. It's a journey. It's a rich conversation. It's a lifestyle. But friend, I cannot tell you it is life changing. It feels so good. So please visit the link below to see if enrollment in Healing Burnout is still open when you hear this. And if you are already inside the Elegant Excellence community when you do, please come over and dive more into this conversation with us. From the bottom of my heart, you're welcome in advance. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is a novel I read recently called The View Was Exhausting. As I have healed my burnout, I'm even more sensitive to what I consume because I'm just genuinely more aware of my body, my thoughts, my feelings, what impacts it. So too scary, too sad. Even some things that have happened in my life last year, I'm like, oh my gosh, a shocking amount of stories. They just hit too close to home. So um, if you two are a celebrity, then maybe this will hit too close to home for you, but I kind of doubt that you are. So um, I also, though, can't handle bad writing or just total fluff. So I'm finding it a little hard to really find novels that I am just are hitting the sweet spot for me. This book was just the right amount of escapism about a celebrity, glamorous locations, yet with depth, she faces some racism, some unfair judgment, with a love story that is the couple I have thought about most since finishing a novel in years. And for me, if I am still thinking about the characters for more than a couple of days after reading the book, that was a good book, which actually reminds me of another anecdote I just remembered that a couple of weeks ago, we were out with our friends Roshan and Kajal. We crossed paths with their friend Margaret in the park. We all end up going to eat together. And I overheard Margaret say, they were talking about a book that had been made into a play. And I heard Margaret say, it was a book where I just couldn't stop thinking about it afterwards. Like it stuck with me for years. And I said, oh, what book? And I thought she said the title. As in, like, that was the name of the book. And I said, oh, when you said that, I thought of this book I read years ago called A Little Life. She goes, that's the book. And I was like, are you kidding me? All you said was, it's that book where the characters stuck with me 
for so long afterwards, I couldn't stop thinking about them. And I plucked out this book that I read in 2016. I read it in May or June in 2016 in Italy. Like it was so distinctive for me. And Margaret was like, yes, that's the book. So anyways, this book had been turned into a play. The three of us grabbed tickets right then. We go see this play. Um, one of <laughs> One of those moments where the book... The book was a magical experience for me. The play, the play was four hours in Dutch with subtitles. And this book, which by the way, was not the one that I was planning to recommend on the Something I'm Loving Lately. This book, A Little Life, is about incredible trauma. It is not a light read. It is a heavy, heavy read. But Oh, dear goodness, to read a book where you aren't visually seeing it and you read it over weeks, like it was a long book, you have spaciousness, you take breaks versus four hours of sitting and watching a traumatic story and visually seeing rapes and beatings happening in front of you. Oh my God, it was like the most (laughs) depressing thing. But I also will say, here's my silver lining on it from a perspective of burnout. I was saying to myself, okay, this is not really helping my burnout right now because I'm I'm not feeling calmer. I'm not feeling happier. I'm not even really crying. I'm just feeling like sick to my stomach. But because it was in subtitles, in the, all the actors are Dutch, you, ha- you could not stop paying attention for a moment. And so I was like, you know what? The benefit here from burnout is that I am truly solo tasking. And it is so rare to be able to do that in this day and age. Our brains are always flitting about. So I left being like, okay, well, I had a life experience. That was that. Um, Susan Sarandon was there. It was opening night. That was like a little bit iconic. Um, and I I believe that I did something good for my brain. And I just have the magical story of like, what are the odds of all the books that I've read that this girl I've just met 30 minutes ago, we would share one of the same favorite books. But again, if you are feeling particularly exhausted and burnout, I wouldn't recommend that one. I would recommend The View is Exhausting. I will link both of them below if you want to check them out. But the only downside to The View is Exhausting is that the authors, it was written by two, have not read anything else. So I've not been able to continue to binge their catalog and I will be on the lookout. But if you are looking for something to read, I will put those in the description below. And one more thing, if you haven't ever reviewed this podcast, I would be so incredibly grateful. It is definitely scary to take breaks as I did for a year on this podcast. And you know, we so fear that we will lose that momentum. We fear that in our friendships, in our weight loss, in our being present online, whatever the different areas in our life, whether we run a business or not. But if we don't take breaks, we'll burn out and not do everything well. So one of the things I am extra intentional about is whenever I see someone has taken a break for their mental health or their life balance, I make an extra effort to like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, and do my part to say, I don't want the creators that I get value from to have burnout doing it. I want them to be able to model the life that I believe is possible. And this is a simple way I can do that by being part of the change I want to see in the world. So thank you in advance. And I will see you next Wednesday and on Instagram in the meantime with grace and gumption. next Wednesday.